0: Hello, welcome
1: to this week's Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast. And we come to you, as ever, from a service station. This time it's South Mims, we're off the M25, and as you can hear, there is a bit of music playing in the background, so you've got a little bit of uh, light entertainment in the background. I'm not sure if we're technically supposed to have it. I don't know if we've got royalties due to whoever this is playing, but I haven't been paying much attention to what the music is. Anyway, we are on the way home from an incredibly exciting slight sarcasm there, nil-nil draw with Bournemouth uh, not being sarcastic though it was an incredibly important result for Norwich and the first clean sheet of the season the first away point of the Premier League season so lots of positives I am Dave Freezer, I am alongside Connor Southwell Paddy Davitt and Tony Thrussell as has been the case this season and Paddy I will come to you first just for the immediate snap reaction to how, how positive that result is really
2: I think that's very positive. First clean sheet of the season, home or away, uh, first away point of the season. And in the context of another rather persistent issue about injuries this time with Ben Godfrey, we'll get into that in due course, but if you're finishing the game with Ibrahim Amadou and Alex Tetty as your centre-backs, then you've done quite well to get a point, I would suggest. And... uh, they more than merited it could have got something else out of it you know. they had plenty of forays into the final third um, but I think in the context of coming off the back of three defeats one heavy one at home and more injury woe that's a very good point and nobody's going to tell me different
1: right well let's just take a little step back and then we'll go right back to the start of today's match day we uh, we travelled down on Friday night uh, to stay in were we in Surrey I don't really know where, which county were we were in Hampshire. Hampshire yeah we're in Fleet uh, so, we uh, slightly different weekend for us. That means obviously doing the press of Friday afternoon and then traveling down. Uh, but it does uh, shorten the day a little bit. But, Pad, you were straight off international duty when you were over in Portugal getting a bit of sun. You can see the tan. Thanks, Dave.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was really looking forward to coming back, spending time with you boys in a car, going to Fleet <laughs> via South Mems, our current destination. Location. Twice in 24 hours. Yes, living the dream. Isn't that? Nobody listening to this need be in any doubt that this is not a glamorous job. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we've spent far too long in South Mims in the past 24, 48 hours. Uh, we did have a nice breakfast engagement, Dave. Maybe you want to tell the, the listeners what we,
1: we were doing this morning? We did. Uh, rugby World Cup quarterfinal, of course. England beating no, Australia. I was up nice and early. You boys sort of uh, we all you were. You joined me by, well, you, Connor and Tony joined me by half time. Yeah. Uh, Pad, you were there in time for second half. I was watching it in bed.
2: And plus I'm anti-social, so I didn't really, oh, I knew <laughs> I was going to be around I did tell you why I was running a bit late. I'd, I'd found myself
3: uh, self down a YouTube rabbit hole.
1: As you do That's on a Friday really? night in a hotel? Yeah.
3: And it was uh Dare I
1: ask what it was? I've forgotten already.
3: It was come dine with me arguments. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask why, it just came up on the feed and I, I was just stuck for a for good, well, the first half. Well.
1: Wow there you go YouTube rabbit holes <laughs> there's, there's plenty to disappear down we,
3: we want to hear your best YouTube rabbit holes the listeners oh, okay. wow uh,
1: Star Probably Wars for me uh, Star highlights Wars
3: highlights
4: of Julian Brelier's time at Norwich <laughs> <laughs> that is obscure is there, any on there? Is there, any on there it's only 10 seconds
3: what so, was so it's his fine. name nickname The Judge The Judge The right.
1: that's right uh, my, yeah, my, my mate tipped me onto these ones that are uh, like reviews of Star Wars uh, by this guy and they in quite a funny style but he basically just rips apart the prequels he doesn't <laughs> like the new ones basically Empire Strikes Back is the beal and end all but anyway that's enough Star Wars talk <laughs> bad YouTube yeah
2: hole. I'm a bit addicted to the, uh, to the boxing videos Like, uh, I think we give it a shout out IFL uh, Coogan Cassius Eddie Hearn no context Hearn I just love all that yeah I just love all the uh, the gorilla videos with uh, the great and the good of the British boxing fraternity so um, yeah that I would be my will be happy it will be, yeah. yeah. Other other channels are available, I'm sure. But, uh, anyway, digre- we're digressing. You asked me how did I get in Portugal. I had a very very relaxing <laughs> trip. I oh, yeah. had a very relaxing trip. Plenty of sunshine. Not too much alcohol. Um, them, di- really. them days are gone. No, no, no. Very healthy. Kept it clean living. Lovely beaches. Highly recommend Southern Algarve if you're ever down that way. Uh, DM me if you need any uh, <laughs> any location destinations <laughs> you, to go to you did get a DM today but we won't talk about that well, we can do now. you've <laughs> thrown it in yeah midway through the second half some some Norwich fan less than impressed with Todd Cantwell you know, each to their own but uh, yeah. he felt it was long overdue Todd was hooked uh, as it turned out he did eventually get his wish. It was a bit harsh.
1: there. Yeah, I'm not sure Todd deserved that any more than yeah. Emmy or Leitner, to be perfectly honest. Um, I would say they all were a little bit too similar, but we'll come on to that. Uh, before we kick off on the game, Connor, I was very disappointed to find out that you're not a rugby man. No interest. No, absolutely no interest. <laughs> don't know why. But we've got a Norfolk boy in the World Cup semi-final against the All Blacks on Saturday. You mean you won't be up at nine o'clock watching? No. No, I'll be, uh, I'll be asleep, definitely. Unbelievable. Asleep. I'm telling Ben Youngs. <laughs> I'm,
4: anyway. I'm sure he'll be devastated. But just on the rugby,
1: it,
3: I mentioned it to you during it, it felt, just watching on a TV in a Premier Inn breakfast, it felt like a, a big occasion.
1: Even with no sound.
3: Yeah, even with no sound, <laughs> it felt much more of an occasion than the eighth game in the Premier League season we watched today. So is, there's definitely something to be said about knockout football well yeah that's international well that wasn't football it was rugby but you know what I mean
1: that's always going to be the case to degree anyway <laughs> we digress <laughs> the, the football uh, Bournemouth and two changes to kick off with Tim Krull straight back in as we expected number one and of course ends up with a clean sheet but the other key um, player coming in really was Alex Tetty um, that meant sort of Morris Leitner moving forward into roughly Marco Steepman's position and him and Kenny McLean in a, in a kind of 4 1 4 1. But Tetti being that defensive midfielder was was a a big part of that result, wasn't it, Connor? I thought
4: he was superb, um, particularly first half. I think he he showed everything that Norris had been lacking in recent weeks in terms of that position. Um, positionally, very, very good, understood what he had to do. It was, it was a very simple game what he did, and, and that seems to be what Daniel Farker has has done with Alex Tetty almost distribution wise we know what you are so just almost leave that to to the guys who can play and just do your job effectively and um, just screened the back two brilliantly, thought he reduced the space pretty well in midfield and was also a commanding voice Um, and in recent weeks we've seen Norwich get picked apart because of that position and and today they didn't really look like conceding so um, yeah I thought he was absolutely superb to to be completely honest with you and it's, it's just now about whether they can get him to a position where his his fitness allows him to play a a vast number of games, because at his age, that's that's the thing. But if they can get that Alex Tetty every week, and we saw it against Manchester City as well, then uh, no doubt about it, they're going to be better defensively.
1: Yeah, we talked about the defence midfield role quite a lot in the wake mm-hmm. of the Villa game, didn't we? And that showed how important it was. There were two, three moments in that first half where he was just in the right place. Just not, nothing. That's the thing with Alexei; it's never anything particularly eye-catching, is it? He just breaks up play. It's just as simple as that. He protects the defence. Um, but beyond that, Tim Crawley made a very important save, didn't he? Had in, in the first half, and just those two really seemed to settle everyone down, didn't they? Fans and and their teammates.
2: Well, what they are is two experienced Premier League operators, and there's a precious few of those in the in the Norwich ranks. Certainly, before a ball was kicked this season, so vital, vital both of those are back. And wouldn't disagree with Connor at all. I thought Alex was very good and very good then when he had to go in alongside Amadou at centre back. Um, your only concern is his fitness record, and, and you wouldn't want to be too over reliant on him. But uh, but if he if he is available for blocks of games, then he will. Have a positive influence on this group of players because he's different, and it's always been said about him. He is different to a lot of the other midfielders in the mix, and uh, it's been proven when he hasn't been available that they're too brittle, uh, particularly away from home. Um, and unfortunately, you know, teams at this level will punish them. And uh, no stage watching that game this afternoon was you really fearful that, that Bournemouth were on a charge and that it was only a matter of time. I thought the control. The compact nature of Norwich's work without the ball was hugely impressive. They've obviously drilled very well over the international break, the ones he didn't go away. And, of course, behind all that is is a commanding presence in Tim Krul. And one save in the first half, one less taxing save in the second half. But uh, he is vital. There's no two ways about it. He is vital to Norwich's survival prospects
1: this season. Come back on to Tim Krul later. Um, spoke to him after the game and he was, uh, it was really... Uh, very listenable interview to, to be perfectly honest he uh, he doesn't pull his punches Tim Krill he said some really uh, interesting stuff so I'll, we'll come to that later um, but yeah you've, you've hinted at it there or you mentioned it there Ben Godfrey has to come off Five minutes into the second half uh, that means Tom Tribal comes in and Alex Tetty has to drop in to centre-back alongside Amadou Tribal then comes into defensive midfield and, and did a pretty decent job as well didn't he? <laughs> he nearly got himself knocked out by blocking one shot in particular but um, that Ben Godfrey situation pad in terms of what Daniel Farker had to say uh, after the game um, it, basically he's a, I suppose we, as we see here today he's a doubt for Manchester United and um, I suppose is probably the best we can say
2: yeah yeah absolutely far, far too early um but I would say Barker's tone, maybe more, more importantly, at this stage of the proceedings, was, was cautiously optimistic. The fact that he was voluntarily talking about I expect him to be available for Manchester United a week Sunday. Um, in contrast to some of the games we've been to recently post-match, and he's been you know very gloomy straight after the game. Um, so that tells me that even in the initial discussions he'd had with Ben following his, his exit there after about 50 minutes... It sounds quite encouraging Um, but he was clearly in a lot of pain and it was very innocuous he literally just went to play a short pass immediately signaled to the bench he was holding his stomach so Daniel wasn't explicit that it was related to the hernia surgery but then he went on to say that you know he he literally 10 days ago he's he's under the knife he had one full training session on the Friday and it was a huge risk but he made the point not a massive amount of room for manoeuvre he couldn't have done what he did post-Godfrey going off, which was a centre-back from the start, and Tribal's starting in centre midfield, because he didn't think Tribal had more than 45 minutes in him, so it really wasn't must, and as Daniel said, and you wouldn't disagree, the minutes he was on the pitch, Ben Godfrey, I thought he was excellent, you know, he, he really commanded Callum Wilson, a very dangerous operator, didn't give him anything really, um, and I think, oh, on balance, it was probably the right call, it's just unfortunate, and it feels like the story of the season, that you know they can't get a, even one game it seems without a, a run of us not talking about injuries and hopefully he rocks up okay but sat here right now obviously he's only two or three hours or so after the game he felt he would be okay for Manchester United but we'll see how it settles down I mean obviously they have to get back to Norwich and then he'll be assessed um, and I guess if he's not available then for my mind it's it's either how they finished the game with Tete in the centre and Tom Tribal or maybe Jamal has to go in there. We saw that in pre-season; that he, he, he gave him a few games at centre-back. But uh, neither of those are very palatable uh, scenarios. So, let's, fingers crossed, ben, Ben's okay. He certainly was showed no uh, sort of willingness to be out for any length of time. Given you know, after nine or ten days, he was declaring himself fit. So, I'd imagine he will move hell and high water. Because let's be honest, Manchester United Car Road is the sort of game. As a young player, you want to be going and testing yourself. Uh, even if they're in not the best form at the
1: minute, so uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Let's hope that this song playing in the background isn't isn't uh, some kind of hint to where we're heading with <laughs> this Norwich season, free yeah. falling as uh, this guy repeatedly keeps saying. Uh, Tony, how did you think the that defensive partnership did in the second half? I, I felt that they were, they were pretty secure, really. Amadou certainly got through a lot of work, didn't
3: they? Yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd echo what Paddy just said. I never felt there was a moment in that game especially in the second half where Bournemouth looked like scoring same really with Norwich it, it kind of felt from Bournemouth's perspective everything went down their wings and Norwich did a good job of, of sort of forcing them to swing it in and Amadou and Teddy were always going to win those those battles it's the same if Norwich were doing it at the other end Puki and Co are never going to win it in the air but I mean Norwich did sort of create quite a lot until the last moment when that final ball from from the side across the box or across the edge of the box just didn't work so i think it was kind of a game of chess just a stalemate which just went on and on and on and i couldn't couldn't have seen either team scoring if we'd have played another 90 minutes really
1: okay let's just break off for a minute and hear a little bit of what head coach daniel Falke had to say after the game
0: it's uh, it's definitely a great point today, without uh, without any doubt, so to have the first away point on, on this level and also the first clean sheet under your belt is always difficult uh, but important and we did this today and this in the situation where in the end I had to play without uh, any central uh, centre-backs, so all my four centre-backs are injured and uh, with all respect, so I love Manchester City, but I would like to see them playing without all their centre backs and to play with. I um, was all respect, but with Gundogan and Silva on the, on the centre back position, I think even they would struggle to be solid in, in defending. But we were today, so we we're able to to keep a clean sheet. And for that it's it's a great point i'm a bit disappointed if i'm honest in the second half that we were not yet able to win this game and because my feeling was we were improving from minute to minute and after a really solid start and uh, to to be concentrated on being compact in the in the first half my feeling is we gained momentum in the second half we're pretty close to to win this game at good chances timo poki was a, was a really good strike and the goalkeeper with a world-class save for me also tom tribal pretty close to to score a goal many scenes in the opponent's box and um, yeah, we had periods where we controlled this game and and uh, we pretty close uh, even to gain all three points and of course three points uh, on this level would have been, meant um, a really really big step but without a doubt a point in, in this situation is a great point and i just have compliments today for the lads
1: So there were two big chances for Norwich in the second half. Uh, Timu Puki with one very powerful low shot, which Aaron Ramsdale did really well to get down to. That was an important save. And Tom Tribal drove a a good shot just wide as well late on. So uh, there were chances. But I think from from our chat in the car, basically on on the way here, uh, as we all sort of uh, vented a little bit, (laughs) you know, got things off our chest, we we all sort of felt that that it was a bit maybe tippy-tappy, I suppose is a good way of putting it in terms of, Wendy, Leitner, Campwell, they're all kind of similar and they were all sort of doing a lot of their work with the defence already in front of them rather than getting in behind.
4: Absolutely, yeah. I, th- I think you saw a few instances in the first half where Norwich looked a broke and just didn't have the pace to... to basically take advantage of the overloads they created there were, there were two two on threes three on fours um, at points and it was a, I distinctly remember a time Lightning carrying the ball over halfway and they just didn't have that injection of pace or that burst of energy to to really capitalize on those moments um, and in the second half the moment we we saw that was when Onel Hernandez came on and, and that was um, before that tribal effort and and that really was was the first time in in weeks that we've seen Norwich basically a player that, that's going to run at, at people in, and engage in 1v1s. I think he, he beat a couple of men down that, that left-hand side before finding Buendia, and if Buendia's first touch is better, then he probably gets a shot away. Um, but, uh... Hello. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's... It, I, I think that's, that's, that's the problem at the moment. If you haven't got Steakman in there, you're going to end up having three players who are very similar, but he almost had to sacrifice that because of what they did off the ball today, and, and that, I think, was more of a, a pertinent issue than, than their attacking threat. I think on, on their day, we're all aware of, of how good Norwich are going forward. Um, but it, to me, it was almost a face that they had to show to people. It, it kind of felt like they had something to prove from a, a defensive perspective. Um, and with that midfield free, it felt as balanced and as solid as it has all season. Um, and Teti was a massive part of that for sure. Um, also, McLean, who, who was very good as well, I, I thought, um, in, in midfield, um, so yeah, it's, it's always about a solution of, of balance and how do you get that attacking uh, trio right I suppose because if, if you do play lightning there you have got three very similar players. I, I suppose you can only hope that Hernandez comes back and injects something a bit different or you engage the fullbacks in backs in a more positive way like they did today. I thought in fairness more so than recent weeks um, because Teti was there almost and things up. There were points in the first half where he didn't go across the halfway line which which tells you all about his role today but... Yeah, I, th- I think for me today I wouldn't take too much concern in-, in how they attacked and how they couldn't find the final pass. I think mean, today the-, the emphasis was very much on making sure they were resolute and in the game for long periods, which they were. Yeah, I mean, they didn't part the bus, did they? Like, no. We know
1: Norwich never going no. to part the bus. So, um, But you mentioned in there Ono Hernandez, Paddy. Um, the fans were really keen to hit see him, weren't they, today? They sang his name through, before he even arrived and then we saw what he could do straight away. It was obvious that pace Added something, didn't it? Yeah, I think the f- first uh, major
2: impact he's gone past Adam Smith. I think really tight in front of those fans. Actually, those away fans tight to the left and touch line, and I think it got worked into Buendia, and then actually, if, if you trace it back, Buendia then serviced it to Tribal, and that ball was just swinging away at the end. But that that could easily have been a the winner. And, uh, and that, if so, that would have been sourced from uh, a dart from Hernandez. He does give something totally different to what those other midfielders, which Connor's touched on, offer. Um, and that variety's been sorely missing, and particularly away from home, where, as the game panned out, it was quite clear, Norwich were going to get some joy on the counter. Well, if you're going to get some joy on the counter, you do need pace in your side to stretch um, and make the most of those um, you know, quick turnovers in possession. And... Uh, yeah, there's no no doubt in my mind what we saw today, albeit in a small sample, um, underlines that he will offer something in the right environments against the right type of opponent, uh, in the right stages of games maybe as well, not to, not necessarily always starting, that he will offer something a little bit different to, to a Cantwell or a Roberts um, or a Steepenman or you know or Buendia, so um, yeah, good to, keep, good to see him back and
1: now they just need to keep him fit. And I thought the away fans were really good. Certainly, second half. Uh, Tony, you sort of get to mix with the fans a little bit before and after games. And um, <laughs> uh, I, you not know, like I thought you could avoid it. <laughs> 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 not on coach one. I'm not allowed on that. Not allowed on coach one. Who is? Regulars only. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but. They they were the far happier supporter uh, group oh. today, weren't they? And I, I I think you know it's a long journey down to Bournemouth, as as we know at this very moment. Uh, as we you know still got what a couple of hours ahead of us before we get Better home. Mind us. But they I think that the ones who made the, the effort, or maybe I should say the ones who were lucky to get the tickets, because yeah. um, you know it's only a thirteen hundred allocation, isn't it? I think they were happy that they made the effort. Yeah, definitely, and I, you could see at the end even Farker
3: very obviously showed his appreciation to them and what that point meant to him as well because he did his little LA's but he, he spent
1: it was almost like he was he wasn't going to do it and then they yeah, sort of persuaded him.
3: But it was almost like he he wanted to make the effort to show them that he he cared and he, he sort of appreciated them because he as he was walking away he stopped again and bumped his chest, clapped them. Yeah. So yeah, I mean if he's doing that then then it it's kind of comes from the fans. They're showing their appreciation he's giving it back so i mean that speaks for itself
4: yeah i think um sorry i think i think for him he's he's been questioned a hell of a lot over the last couple of weeks in terms of his methods his approach not just inside of norfolk but outside as well in terms of um various things popping up about their inability to defend and for him it, it was probably his maybe not his credibility as a coach so to speak but he'd want to prove that actually he's capable of more than just putting out a team um, th- that's going to go out and, and pass the ball in, in pretty patterns and um, I think today was probably a, a massive two fingers up to the people that perhaps doubted him slightly um, <laughs> because he's more than someone who who just has this fancy philosophy that he wants to assert onto the pitch, he's a very good tactician, he knows how to set teams up um, and, and I think today he proved that in, in the right circumstances he he's capable of, of grinding out a result so to speak which if Norwich are to stay in this division they'll need to do.
1: Yeah, I th- I felt, as much as anything from Daniel, it was he felt that they played a part. I certainly felt that the fans played a part in driving them over the line, keeping them going and showing their appreciation. And that's what we didn't see in that Villa game, you know, when things were going wrong, The crowd felt as sorry for themselves as the players, didn't they? oh, injuries, blah, blah, blah. There wasn't an atmosphere, and Stuart Webber quite rightly has come out and said that's not good enough. The atmosphere's got to be better if they're going to survive because this was another example, just like the Manchester City game was and Newcastle. I know they didn't win Chelsea, but the fans were brilliant that day as well against a very good Chelsea team. The fans played their part. So um, more of that, please, you guys. Um, Anyway, let's hear from Tim Krull. As I say, very interesting interview, and this... uh, I thought it was very interesting to actually sort of admit that more professional fouls and being a little bit dirty or a little bit nastier is
5: what Norwich need. We got rewarded for everything we spoke about uh, during the weeks. Uh, It's always easy to to say things, but to actually put it in in play today, I think that was the most important thing. I thought Jamal did really well today after getting that yellow card in the first half, which is probably about
1: deserved, but I thought he looked really mature from that point on.
5: To be honest, I think we've had some really good... uh, professional yellow cards today right. I think uh, yeah, because we've been missing that yeah. Pookie in midfield really important Emmy, uh, Jamal like you said that's what we've been missing because we've been saying boys if you don't do it up there off, everybody has to run 80 yards back and okay. they've, they've scored a few goals out of that so yeah massive maturity today, uh, today I think so you need a bit of a tougher streak on the yeah, side yeah you people. need to be nasty and, yeah. and I think that's like I said there's, there's still a lot of lessons to be learned but that's one oh, of them yeah. like I see Leitner going into tackles winning <laughs> headers and I mean that's what we're going to need. You need 11 like boys uh, fighting uh, fighting for each other. And like, look at Tom Tribal coming on and getting one in the face. He's, he's got a mic right now. And it's, uh, but that's what you're going to need.
3: From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com channel Archant.
1: At this point, just a little bit of housekeeping. I should remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Archon Podcast. And if you're interested in advertising with us or sponsoring the show, then please do drop an email to matt.withers at archon.co.uk. And if you could give us a review or a rating on your preferred podcast platform...
2: Sorry, Dave, what what did we hear on that front on...
1: Desert Island Discs
2: wasn't it on the way down if you could do me a favour if you could do me a a favour and (laughs) and leave a review review, (laughs) not that
1: we're begging (laughs) that was uh, what was her name Kirsty Young (laughs) Kirsty Young on Desert Island Discs yeah Yeah, that's how she did it another part of our (laughs) travelling yeah Yeah. Yeah. we listened to the Christopher Nolan uh, Desert Island Discs and Freddie Flintoff and we're now now missing the rock show on Radio 2
2: which we were just getting started (laughs) to be honest from what the music I was hearing that was no loss mate (laughs) a bit of
1: meatloaf come on Uh, that really perked me up
2: Tony's got his whisper gold he's ready for his Right. <laughs> <laughs> so some dance tunes. Saturday night, boys. Saturday night in this there. Grab a hold of it. some
3: gold. There you no, go. <laughs> no product
2: placement. Well, <laughs> we can put classic Chocolate bar
1: classic on instead if you want. We've talked our way out of any review or <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. high rating in that 30 seconds the yeah. But there we go. I think that was the housekeeping sorted. And. We did have a couple of tweets in after the game. Um, as ever, if you would like to get in touch with the show, then you can drop us an email to thepinkin at archon.co.uk or uh, on Twitter we are at pinkin or Facebook we are at thepinkin. And we're on Instagram as well. You know where we are. So let's get into these. This one is from Leo's Sea Breeze or at under dogs lover, he's obviously been to Portugal <laughs> the, 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 irony, <laughs> the yeah. irony of that I is his either. profile picture is a lion isn't it?
3: Leo
4: is Leo's a Leo's
1: lion I'd imagine there's a story behind that but anyway Leo's point is first point away smiling emoji face and hopefully many more till at the end of the season and clean sheet dot 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 did not give another team a two goal start so I think you pretty much got the comment there I
3: think he's happy
1: Yeah, he's happy, basically. Tom Williamson asks, do you think there's any possibility of Sean Raggett being brought back given the injury crisis? Now, that could only happen in January, but uh, I would have said no. Paddy? No, I'd agree, yeah. I think they've
2: made decisions on loan players and um, they've made a decision. Raggett isn't really going to be part of their plans, wasn't part of their plans last year. They're in a higher level this year, so no. I think if they get to January and they still need central defensive reinforcements, it'll be... Mr Weber and Mr Scott and the recruitment team trying to come up trumps
1: I think when you look at Raggett I think he's one that they signed for the championship and I think he's one that had he not had the injury problems that he's had he could well have developed more into being a championship player because I tell you what from what I've seen of that guy if you put a ball in the air he's going to win it he has got you know they call Harry Maguire slabber, don't they Sean, Sean Raggett's like that, you know. There were some good quotes from uh, one of the Portsmouth players last week, wasn't it? That our colleague Mark Armstrong uh, put together for the web, and it was like, look at this geezer. He's been walking around with missing his front tooth for a year, and basically saying he's a tough guy, and he does seem to be getting his way in at Portsmouth. So, you know, I, I hope for his sake that he could maybe be a championship player at some point. But I don't think he. From what I saw, that he had the technical ability to cope with, you know, an Aguero or a Callum Wilson or something like that.
3: It does does go to show what a few injuries can do to the fans' mindset. And the reality is, if he could be recalled, and they did, and they threw him in and he had a couple of good games, his whole career's
4: changed. It's just funny how things can happen I mean Famewo might be involved next weekend you never know I was was gonna say exactly that point I think from my perspective I'd I'd rather see Femewo in there and and a player who's developing and learning than Raggett who who perhaps is um, maybe at the peak of his powers at the moment
1: yeah I think the thing with Famewo is that they will think they got him in in January Uh, he's been well scored at Luton um, in what we know full well is a rich seam of academy talent that came through that club at that point in time he's got a bit of lower league experience but they've had this year to work on his technique and we've all seen him up close he is a big lad he's like physically that's not going to be his problem so if Ben Godfrey uh, you know touch what it that's not where we are but if we're in that situation where he's missing can't play against Manchester United and then for Maywell would surely have to be on the bench I think I think I would probably agree that I'd have him there ahead of Raggett because it's, it's unlike you can see it being sort of a calamity Potential for Raggett, whereas you know one good game, like you just said, Tony, one good game for Famewo, that guy's career will be absolutely launched. So well, look at look what's happened to
3: Cantwell this season. He's mm. he sort of especially the first sort of four or five games. It kind of snowballed and snowballed. He's got a couple of goals. I mean, collectively as a team hasn't been
1: as good recently, but like you say, a game or two and it just propels you, doesn't it? Without wanting it to be negative, to not write off Sean Merrigan completely, because I think he still has another year option on his contract. If, again, let's hope not, Norwich were to slip back down to the Championship, you never know, he could be a quite a handy person to come back in. So I think there's a lot of that sort of strategic thinking with the loan players, isn't there, in that they yeah. could come in useful. You know, look at Louis Thompson, Carlton Morris. They would come back into things in the Championship. Realistically, in the Premier League, it's probably unlikely. Should have kept Marcel Frank. Marcel Franca, well yeah, I mean we always we sort of did wonder whether he would fit in for because they were we've been talking about centre back in the summer, hadn't we? And then they brought in Amadou as the sort of cover, but mainly as a defence midfielder. But there was that sort of half Wonderance of whether it would be worth keeping Franca because you know he fits Farkas' system, doesn't he? He plays passing football, but uh, and he may well have done better in the Premier League than he did in the Championship, oh, but we'll never playing? know.
2: Has he been playing
3: this
1: year? Mm, yeah, it? who did he join? Uh, was Hannover,
2: was it Hannover 96? Yeah,
1: yes, yeah. he has. Yeah, I think he has been a regular for them.
2: So, but there's uh, Liga too, but I think they've got pretensions yes. to get Five into games, the top yeah. flight again, yeah.
1: Yeah, and they they did sort of sell him, so he can't come back. We should go uh, on a uh, a YouTube rabbit hole
3: watching his Norwich City highlights <laughs> yeah well, that won't take very long <laughs> <laughs>
4: just I'll
1: p- always have Neil Wall yeah. I'll <laughs> always have Neil Wall ok right well just to look forward a little bit then Norwich are still in the relegation zone aren't they as things stand they're yeah, still I 19th so. uh, they, ne- they nearly ended up bottom though didn't they because Watford were winning at Spurs and got paid back uh, thankfully, So, um, yeah, Norwich 19th on seven points. Watford uh, bottom on four, if this table that we're looking at is up to yeah. that. Yeah, nine yeah. games. Most ditch, of the other teams
3: so didn't pick up points. Newcastle lost, Brighton lost, Southampton drew. 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 So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a bad weekend compared to last weekend. But Norwich Yeah,
1: Brighton nearly game. got a point to get there as well. So, Norwich are three points from Everton in 13th. And, nice. who knows, this could be... Uh, Relevant, next Sunday, two points behind Manchester United, who go to no less than leaders... Oh, no, sorry, they host uh, bitter rivals, league leaders, the superb European champions Liverpool tomorrow, with Ole Salciar, or on Sunday, I should say, as we record, uh, with Salciar's job very much under pressure, and then they go to, did you say, Partizan Belgrade in the Europa League on Thursday? (laughs) that's it, yeah. So, this could be absolutely cracking, couldn't it, Paddy? Potentially, yeah. I mean,
2: if if the next two games for United go as most probably expect them to go, then uh, he's under intense pressure when he rocks up at Carrow Road. Um, And I can imagine, as I've said, it'll be a very crowded press room because there'll be a lot of national and international media who would think that could be his final stand. So, um, sentiment to any side. He seems like a a decent sort of chap, but if it's not working, it's not working. That's Norwich's concern. Their concern is basically cashing in and being very ruthless and uh, if there's a major disconnect now in, in the inside United's squad slash with the management then Norwich need to do all they can to basically maybe uh, deliver the final blow and uh, then what we don't need is uh, anybody coming for a certain sporting director that wouldn't be uh, very appreciated given <laughs> the links to United uh, in the summer real or imagined so um yeah, it does feel like it's going to be a big game that at Cairo. Road. Um, although it would have been big, at, obviously, any any time United are in town, it's always a special occasion. Maybe not on current sort of uh, part of their development cycle, but Manchester United, modern day biggest club in the in the UK, I think, uh, given Ferguson's uh, dynasty. So they still got that allure, still got that. Glamour to them Associated to them the support will turn up In huge numbers You know They're always well supported So I can't wait really Yeah that's going to be A phenomenal occasion I think that could That could rival Man City For intensity and atmosphere And uh, Just wish it wasn't 4.30 on a Sunday afternoon Right
1: <laughs> I mean I, I fancy it already, I, I, Norwich will be up for it, every time Manchester United come to town the, the Carrow Road crowd is bang up for it um, and Norwich have obviously got some amazing results against United over the years, my my favourite one is always uh, 2005, February 2005 I think it was, the 2-0, Ashton and McKenzie, um, as much for the game uh, it was an amazing result, amazing win, you know, Rooney and Ronaldo in that team, gigs etc, goals. Ferguson uh, had benched he'd rested the big players and had. brought them
3: on at half time didn't he yeah. Yeah.
1: but Norwich won that and then I uh, after the game went out and bumped into my mate who's a Man United fan on Riverside and he was about to go to the train station to go home in a grump. persuaded him Mostly to go, go out in Yarmouth no North oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes that's it uh, <laughs> um, but I persuaded him to stay out and uh, we went and uh, I don't even know if this place exists anymore but when I, I how old was I I was uh, well wasn't old enough to drink I don't think but we were going out um, well, <laughs> went to Mercy nightclub which I think is still around no I think they're,
3: isn't close that close recently, yeah. think, yeah. Yeah. that makes yeah.
1: me sound old doesn't it But <laughs> I actually um, didn't call it the cinema yeah. it used to be what was it ABC <laughs> cinema, ABC yeah, yeah I'm not quite that old <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway we went to Mercy uh, and I had to wear a coat zip up my jacket to get in because you weren't allowed to wear a football shirt in a nightclub that's fairly, fairly standard I suppose but and then so I basically had my sort of jacket up to my neck most of the night hoping that I wouldn't get kicked out and then it. I don't know, one in the morning or something like that on the dance floor. The DJ played the goal music, the San Bernardino, yeah. Damn. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all these coats came off, and there was everyone in there was wearing a Norwich shirt, <laughs> and it was like another goal celebration at one in the morning. <laughs> and it's one of my favourite memories. It's so random. Was your Man United supporting friend there? Oh well? yeah, he was. His face was a picture. <laughs> well, his face story is a picture. but That's another story. <laughs> um, yeah, do you fancy it? Um, well, I've usually got my slippers on by half
4: four on a Sunday, so that, that's, a, that's a shame. But uh, song to praise, yes, <laughs> songs of praise. Yeah, <some> surprise, yeah. <laughs> bedtime at half seven. Yeah, uh, no, I think uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I think it'll be a game that Norwich will really fancy, not not just because it's Manchester United, but because it, it'll be a game they think they can win um, against the Man United side with real problems. Um, and it's not just on the pitch; it's off the pitch as well. They've, they've got some a, a guy in charge who. Uh, well let's, let's be frank doesn't seem to want to appoint a, a director of football sporting director because I think if if he wanted to they'd have done it by now because uh, who wouldn't want to go and be involved at that football club where you get 600 million and, uh, and, a, and a free reign at things I, 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 if they wanted someone I, I think they'd have gone out and got them um, so to me it seems like the powers that be there are very content with how things are at the moment they, they seem to think Solskjaer's their guy not fully convinced given his uh, his history at, at Cardiff and, and Mould. Um, don't know whether they're, they're quite the the right clubs that you need to, to be a Manchester United manager but I suppose time will tell. On, on the pitch they're, they're certainly lacking quality and uh, Solskjaer will, will point to injuries but for me it's quality. They don't create enough. Um, they don't really concede chances as much as perhaps some probably talk about them as, as doing but when they do they, they seem to concede and that's obviously a massive massive issue and yeah, poor old
1: Ollie <laughs> David De Gea Marcus <laughs> Rashford yeah. Maguire yeah, exactly. yeah. £80 million, 80 million. Pounds worth of defender it's
3: Dan James has been their standout so far and he, he gave Norwich some troubles in uh, was it March last year yeah
1: or, uh, Tim Krul was caught out a couple of times by him yeah. in that game wasn't he that's
4: it but if, if, if they can harness that, that attacking threat that, that we all know they have and can show the robust side to their game that they showed today and there's absolutely no reason why they can't put in a very good performance that puts Manchester United under the cosh and whether that translates to points or not is, is irrelevant because a, a game like this, okay, you can look at where Manchester United are in the table and the state of the club at the moment, but the, this is a game that probably nobody expects Norwich to win and it, and it's that free hit element again that um, they seem to thrive off and, and being that severe underdog um, that almost wants to rise and create occasion like they did against uh, Manchester City and I, I think not only the supporters will be up for it but but the players will as well because this is why you play in the Premier League because you want to play Manchester United, Man City, uh, Liverpool uh, as, as well and you want to test yourself. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and this that is a... Bournemouth. <laughs> 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 And this is another opportunity for them to do so. Um, it, it's, it's about getting carrowed rocking and to the same level it was against Manchester City, but uh, if the supporters like me usually have their slippers on, then that's going to be uh, incredibly difficult. It's Some
3: people probably do have their slippers on in front of us in the, in the press box. They didn't in the Man City game. <laughs> no, they were no, punching the air to... when
1: Byron won tackles.
3: Yeah, and the throw-in—that was that was the moment of the yeah. game, wasn't it? <laughs> Some guy just
4: shaking his fist. I saw a top off at a throw-in. That was that was I think the peak of it
1: well let's hope for some more of that uh, it's 10 p.m on a saturday night we're in a service station i think it's time to head home so we will leave it there there will be much much more of course ahead of that big game against manchester united let's hope for some more special memories like that night against the other side of manchester thank you very much for listening and we will catch you with you soon